This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight is Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. In this week's episode, we have two British crime thrillers to look at. We're going to kick off with Bluff, followed by The Bazonians. Our short shot this week is the Star Wars fan film Cad Bane. And then we're going to round off with Wounded in our DTV throwback. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Bluff. A London police officer goes undercover as a heroin addict in a small small English town and manipulates an unsuspecting local junkie into working with him for a dangerous drug dealer. Um, this film owes a huge debt, Rich, to uh, a certain film. See if you can guess which one I'm thinking of. Uh, well, as I've got a couple in mind, so it could be... Uh, the most obvious I'm, one. The, the 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 obvious one that this borrows heavily from. Oh man, I'm probably going to really kick myself. <laughs> right. This this well, bears not... a striking resemblance in to, to um, Deep Cover. Ah, see, so I might have thought of that if I'd ever seen it, but I do know oh, of it. Yeah. But I've never seen it. Rich, sort that out. I know it's the Lawrence Fishburne, Jeff Goldblum movie. Jeff Goldblum, yeah, directed by Bill Duke. Um, in fact, I was going to kick off with a, a certain line for that film um, in that, you know, there comes a point where he turns around to his handler and says, you know, you set me up as a, a cop pretending to be a drug dealer, but actually I'm just a drug dealer pretending to be a cop. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there's a line very similar to that in this, about two thirds of the way through. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, this um, officer, uh, Miller. Um, no, that's wrong. It's Imran, isn't it? Who's sent undercover? Um, he sort of well, set I think his up. name is Miller. Is it anyway? He's sort of set up as, um, you know, a disgraced police officer uh, who leaves London, heads out, and then sort of, yeah, becomes a sort of down and out kind of guy, ends up befriending a junkie just so he can sort of, uh, you know, start learning the system and climbing the ranks. Um, I have one major issue with this film. I don't, I don't mind it a lot, um, but I do have one major issue and that is its structure. Uh, it keeps flicking between time zones all the time. And unfortunately it, its main, um, you know, its main twist is so obvious early on um it's not a surprise at all you know it's so obvious and yeah the the structure was horrible how about you rich how did you get on with uh, bluff i thought it was terrific <laughs> that i actually didn't mind the structure. i mean i kind of got what they were doing you know, when it when it was happening and i thought they articulated it quite well i mean it was in a fairly similar fashion to I guess like Christopher Nolan or something, with the, with the, with the non-linear structure uh, and not really explaining when you're moving between certain uh, time 
you know which time period you're actually in you've, you've kind of got, got to stay on the ball and be aware of oh yeah he's got his the way he's acting is slightly different or he's his haircut and you know mm. the keeping an eye on those details to, to work out where you are but no I, I I didn't mind that at all I, I thought yes okay pretty much everything in it is derivative of something I mean you've picked up um, deep cover when I when I was watching it I was thinking of uh, perhaps films like ID were touchstones and mm-hmm. um, Rush with Jason Patrick, which was also an undercover uh, drugs, you know, a, a guy, a, a agent or cop or whatever. I can't remember what it was. It was a grim movie anyway. I saw it when I was a kid. It was not the action movie I was expecting it to be. Um, but um, ID, you know, because of British and stuff. Actually, ID 2, Shadwell Army, probably a little bit closer to this one because that was also a, a, a film about an Asian lead. The uh, the cast I thought were great. You know, was all pretty much uh, unknowns to me. Uh, Gersh Gill as Miller was excellent. Uh, Nizaro Karim as Imran, hmm. the drug dealer, I thought was pretty good. Uh, the, the only real recognizable, you know, member of the cast, or you know, not even a name, but or you know, I recognised him. But uh, Joe Egan, you know, the big mm-hmm. uh, weathered, you know, uh, muscle. Uh, of 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 Imran uh, was is he's pretty much the in the the only sort of familiar face so I would say in the movie and he you know even he's not he's he's not that high profile but he's got he's got a reputation and you know he, you see him top pop it pop up in you know things like a Benjamin and stuff um, usually playing to type you know these sort of hard yeah. man characters but I like and but this is the most fleshed out role I've seen him play. Which mm. which was great. So so because normally he just has a couple of lines and you know sort of throws a few punches and stuff. But in this one, he's yeah he's one dimensional, but he gets a number of scenes uh, and uh, I I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So the um, the twist, as you say, uh, yeah, not 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 mass, not really a surprise at all. The the whole film actually, in, the whole film and and some of those elements. Did remind me of Silent Night recently. I think it was actually well over a year ago now. I think it was last. Mm, um, yes, I think it was the year before, year before last. But um, which was also a British crime story kind of film uh, with some psychological stuff going on. The uh, I thought it was nicely. Atmos- I mean, it was made with pretty much no. But you watch the end credits. There's mm. barely any credits. It was not made by a big crew. No. Uh, I think they they you know they managed to get good camera good camera oper- you know good camera operator good you know good cameras and stuff to shoot it good little cast uh, and the guy who did it um, the director uh, Sheikh Shanawaz is uh, an experienced short filmmaker he had yeah. a YouTube channel that was very active a bit like Blake Ridder he used to mm-hmm. put out regular uh, short films which I haven't had a chance to check out yet. But I definitely will. Um, he was made. He was putting them out like one, one or two a month for a while, and then you know he's clearly got a ch- chance to make this feature. And I, I think it, it, it's excellent. And you know, um, for you know, for for what he was potentially working with, what he was trying to go for, I think he carries it all off. The 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 ambience, the 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 score by uh, South Savic, I think his name. I thought that was really good. Uh, quite ambient, a bit, a little bit. Um, uh, synthy, uh, or, or, or very synthy at times, if I recall correctly. But yeah, um, 
I, 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 this was a very pleasant surprise. I, 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 to be honest, I went in with quite low expectations. Yeah. And uh, it was much more polished and professional and, you know, uh, yeah, than, than I'd really expected. Mm. I did enjoy it overall. Um, but I do, I do have issues, like I said, you know, the, the, the structure. There, there is one particular scene towards the end um, to do with his handler, which it just seems so out of place, you know, um, considering everything else that's happened. It's like, no, that surely that should have been a lot earlier. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, it seems a little bit of departed. I mean, I'm not. I mean, there's not like two different factions mm. or whatever. But the, the the sort of departed infernal affairs thing seemed a little bit of an influence as well. I don't know if that's mm. just because you know these conventions are so familiar they, that they basically appear. They've appeared in so many forms over the years that um, you could read into. You could read a lot into any of these any any film that's particularly like this, but. Yeah, the, the the meet those meeting scenes did sort of have an air of of that to me. Yeah, especially when it transpires that he's more of a pawn than he even realised. You know, the, the he, he's basically stuck between two overly ambitious um, sort of high ranking officers, mm. um, and you know, what what one of them kind of has his interests at heart, but not. Uh, yeah, so, so that was interesting there to sort of deal with that. Mm. But, yeah, okay. So how are you going to score this one, Rich? I'm definitely going to give this an eight. All right, it's a six from me. So that is a six and an eight for Bluff. Uh, it's out shortly. Go check it out. Our next review is The Bazonians. Plato runs the Bazonian Social Club in North London, where generations of Greek immigrants have gambled away their savings and partied over the decades. When Plato makes the mistake of playing poker with devious bombshell Lola, the fate of the club, as well as his very life, is threatened. Okay, um, I never thought we would be back with a film by Savas D. Michael, uh, Rich. Uh, considering we did a trilogy of his films last year um, with, what were they called? Red Dust? Um, Red Rage. Red Rage, sorry. Um, Righteous Villains. And Notorious Gangster, was it? Original Gangster. Original Steve Gangster. Steve Goodberg. Steve Goodberg. So, you know, um, three very strange films um, with that sort of hyper-stylized sort of look to them this one is a bit different um this is definitely leaning more into early guy ritchie territory that's that's where it wants to be um does it work though um there are some good scenes in this for sure and there is a pretty standout performance by mr vinnie jones um that is probably almost at his meanest in this one um but there are there are certain characters who definitely had more screen time than they needed, for sure. And there's other characters who I wish we had more screen time of. Um, but over to you. I'm surprised. I mean, considering what you've been uh, saying recently, especially after last week's review of um, 
this game's not murder and mm-hmm. you know how tiresome you find certain films i do and, of, uh, and, of, of this yeah. type and i was thinking this is like the playbook of really that, that kind of movie and 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 yeah the, but some of it works i will give it that some of this does work some okay before i get into too much tell me what you think works um well like i said vinnie jones for, for example his character was great um was when, it though I mean, was yes. it? He was barely yeah. in it. He didn't get to do anything. He, he did. He did enough, and and you know, he has that sort of screen presence that you just cannot take your eyes off him when he's on screen. Um, the bit where he comes into the into the club and says, "Oh, I'll be back on Saturday," you know, that whole scene. I thought he was great because he's he's sort of kind of affable, but at the same time menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, his facial expressions are brilliant. You know, he, this is a guy who's really learned how to act. I think, you know, um, but yeah, I, I thought he was really good. Um, what else did I like? I like, yeah, I like the main character of Plato. I thought he was pretty cool. And some of Achilles, some of his scenes are okay. Other, t- I, I think they made the mistake of having him so smitten with Lola. You know, I, I wish they just kept him sort of cool and aloof but they sort of destroyed it all i think there you go anyway did you like any of this not really i think i'll be honest i think i'm done with sabbath's uh michael um films you say you were saying that that it leans into early guy ritchie which it, mm. which it does but funnily enough it actually leans into early sabbath's michael as well because <laughs> it's pretty much a remake of his first film smoking guns it's even got pretty half the same cast mm. it, that film was also a guy ritchie influenced film which had dexter fletcher from lockstock in it yeah. and and obviously this one's got vinnie jones from lockstock in it mm. um uh i actually didn't mind smoking guns that's probably the film that he's done that i got on the best with this one i, th- I think is it, it's got that same stuff it's got the same stuff going on that sort of uh shambolic shambolic you know character portraits you know not really much mm. of a plot going on kind of thing but i didn't mind it too, but there's all this other stuff in here as well so uh, as we found with um i think righteous villains in particular there's some politics at play and there's some co- you know there's some stuff that's going on with the stuff that the characters seem to think and 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 say and, and act mm. that is that seems quite uh i don't know not challenging but you know it's not a viewpoint that i'm kind of on board with and it seems like it's not done in a satirical way yeah um, the character, uh, so um, Plato, the Plato character, mm. is a co- co- coronavirus, you know, denier and all that and all that sort of stuff. But he's, but it's also and Trump the, supporter, isn't he? Yeah. And Trump supporter, and there's a lot of, you know, the film is m- quite misogynistic. It's, I think it's fair to say, although it's got this strong alpha female mm. character. Um, it's very much a man's world sort of thing. It is, it is that it is that typical sort of old. Fan. I mean, the, uh, the the opening of the film sets it up. It was exact kind of exactly what it just made me think. Oh Jesus, you know, um, you know the 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 opening moment is like this character delivering this really artificial, you know, grand monologue, 
Yeah, you know how I feel about those. Talking in a way, it's like, oh, God. And then this really prolonged uh, prolonged scene of the the club. And uh, all these characters and their history. All the naked women running around in the club and stuff, basically. And then then we get introduced, we gradually get introduced to characters one by one and, like, their stories. Hmm. And uh, the one I I had trouble with the most was the... Uh, the mentally disabled character, mm. oh, which was just, uh, uh, I think you could be offended or you could just be irritated or whatever. I just, I, whichever way you look at it, for me, none of that works at all. None of it. Not not a single second of it works. And it becomes really right. important and, and it's like it's, a big thing at the climax and yeah, stuff. I know. And, it, and it's such a big part of the film. It, you know, it gets he gets so much screen time. It's it's ridiculous, yeah, and it, it as you say, it's it's just such a misstep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the. So. I found most of it unappealing, and mm. uh, arguably tasteless and misogynistic, if you want to say that. Um, this isn't the first time, as well, is it? Was it Red Rage? Was it Red Rage where they had no, no, the other one, Angels and Gangsters. Righteous, yeah, righteous the righteous gangsters. That's one. So, um, uh, where they had that whole, that whole stick, wasn't it, about sort of um, putting these liberals on trial and and uh, burning them at the stake or something. Yeah, yeah, righteous yeah. in righteous villains. And that's it. There was a lot of that. I mean, I of those films that we saw last time, original gangsters was the most accessible. Yeah, uh, uh, original gangster, I should say. Mm. Um, that had some weird stuff in it, but I didn't. I, yeah, that, was, I, that was the one I. I got on the best with, to be honest. The other, mm. the others, he does this sort of. He likes to. It's very indulgent, you know. And you know, this is this is a film with a very long running time mm. of like nearly two hours. Um, there's lots of, you know, lots of these characters getting their, you know, uh, long scenes and stuff, and then you don't, and then they kind of disappear and you don't even see them again. It's almost like a series of vignettes, rather than yeah. kind of, and the plot is. It's one of those movies where no real sort of plot is established until quite late into the film. And it's like, ah, okay, this is the bit that's going to be it is the very thing that drives towards the, the end. The, this, the, the poker game. And, yeah. and the poker game comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? It's basically, player goes, do you want a game of poker this weekend? Yeah, all right, yeah, let's have a game of poker this weekend. And then, and, and then you know, invite this Lola along. Um, and they invite her along just to get Achilles on board basically and it turns out to be this huge mistake but yeah we're two-thirds of the way into the film by this point which again i guess you could say you know that was stuff like that is lock stock and two smoking barrels and stuff did that kind of Mm. thing as well um but you know that was a long time ago and arguably much better done with a lot more style and a lot more likable characters but yeah i mean vinnie jones i go go back Mm. to him you know you see him at the beginning and he kills some people and then he he gets an acting scene where he's actually playing against type and he's being mm. being all um uh sort of submissive and submissive and sort of desperate for because he loves this girl and, and stuff and it, mm. for uh, it's not it's not the vinnie jones that's that side of him is, is not something you normally see yeah which is so that's fair but i didn't think it worked i wasn't convinced no, it, i thought it, it was quite yeah. poorly poorly performed unfortunately but yeah, when he comes in at the end, I mean, but the whole thing though does feel like he's 
not his Lockstock character, but he feels like his layer cake character Possibly. to, to yeah. an extent. Um, so yeah, they, they sort, we've talked about these geezer teaser, you know, which is that term for those movies by Randall Emmett. And that. Mm. But this is literally a geezer teaser because, you know, it's a geezer movie and they're putting Vinnie Jones front and centre and it's, he's, he gets second billing, but mm. he's barely in it. Marina Sirtis, um, Deanna Troy from, yep. uh, from Star Trek Next Generation, gets actually more to do than he a does. She's, she gets, a, yeah. yeah, only a little bit. She's in like two scenes, I think, but she gets like, mm. Um, she gets one scene where she gets to sort of uh, again deliver a, mo- a pretty, I'll be honest, completely unnecessary monologue. Um, yeah, I think I think Jesse Johnson used the better in um, Debt Collector too. Mm, yeah, um, which was a nice surprise. Better, yeah, better role in there. And she was, she, I think she also did. Um, I think she did Green Street too with him as well. The there's, there's um, another stupid scene in this right at the end um, when. Uh, Lola is walking past the club and everyone's sort of giving her grief and everything and I just think why would you walk past the club why why you know go out of you take go the next street or something why the fuck would you walk down that street it's ridiculous (laughs) you know and you'd have to be the most oblivious person ever to think that would be okay at that stage it's it's so dumb but anyway, you're saying I didn't mind. No, I, was, I should give her because her character is very important to mm. the story. Yeah, I think she gives a, a she gives a strong performance. To be yeah. fair, I think she's decent. Uh, she she definitely holds her own. Um, both the character and the actress uh, playing. Um, I can't remember. I, I haven't got the um, the list in front of me of the of the cast. So mm. um, was it? Uh, I should give her. An, I should look it up. Uh, yeah, it, Lois Braben Platt. Yeah, that's, that's it. Lola. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So she's she she's the strongest female character in the story, and the most important, and the one that basically gets the best of gen or generally gets mm. the best of everyone. Um, so that's that's a bit of that's a character, you know, a type of character we don't generally see. I think so. That's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that scene where uh, there was another. There's another woman. Uh, woman also from say from previous films the, the big lady who comes in and starts oh, the, the, shouting the, the n-word and stuff and i was getting a bit worried i got a bit worried at first there because i was thinking is the again is this the politics, politics. Or, the, or the or the you know i'm going against political correctness sort of feeling that they're, they're sort of going with the film but no then the film sort of um says you know that's bang out of order and you know mm-hmm. uh, a, a big uh, barbaral kind of thing ensues so that was that was fine. That was all right. That was quite well executed. Um, we we've seen so much of this, not just from Savas Michael, but from mm. you know, with like you were saying, Blonde Purple and and stuff. We've kind That's of it. seen so many films of this type. I think this is one of the ones I've enjoyed least. I didn't really, I can't say enjoy it. I could watch it. Mm. I did drift away after the, you know, I was I was I did struggle to you know, not be thinking our oh, Jesus all the time when stuff was happening but you know i could i could watch it it was it, it was watchable but i would not recommend it it's very it's one of the films that i've enjoyed least and i will sadly be rating lowest well uh, on that note though Rich, how, how are you going to raise it i think i can only give it a f- four mm-hmm. really three but you know I'll, 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 I'll you know it's got good production values and stuff so i'll go four 
Okay. Um, I think this surprisingly, I think I actually enjoyed it a little bit more than you. So, and and despite my my usual misgivings for this sort of thing, I think there's just about enough for a five out of this one. So that is a four and a five for the Bazonians. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Cad Bane. Uh, this is a Star Wars fan film uh, about the bounty hunter Cad Bane, who, um, with the help of a Jawa, is off to fight some um, stormtroopers to try and obtain a missing artifact. Um, the character of Cad Bane is not somebody I'm familiar with. Is, is this something from um, The Mandalorian? I'm not sure. I think when I looked it up, because I'm not familiar with it either, yeah. um, the, the character originated in the Clone Wars series. All right. The animated series. Yeah, in fact, I'm, I'm just looking on YouTube and I just say it's fun to see the differences or interpretation of this fan favourite character in the Mandalorian franchise. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in the Book of Boba Fett as well, which I haven't seen either. Yeah, he hadn't, um, basically there hadn't been a live action version mm. at the time they were making this. But before they could get before they could get it out, mm. the book of Boba Fett um, episode yeah. or whatever aired, introducing mm. the character. So they I'm, kind of come at the same time. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the uh, the Disney version, so I can't comment on that. But I really like this character. You know, this is the first time I've been introduced to him. Um, I thought he he was great. You know, very well realized. Uh, you know, most of the world building was really good. The, mm. um, the early sets were superb. Um, I do have an issue with some scenes. Uh, that in, in some places, they had too many establishing shots. In other places, they didn't have enough. Uh, so so it, was, it did feel a bit uneven um, with, with, with its pacing at times. But overall, I thought this was very good. How about you? Yeah, I think it was very impressive. Um, and it's more impressive when you look into sort of the background of the film and the making of it. The, I'll, I'll, for now, I'll just focus on the, mm -hmm. the film itself. The, what I like about it was, yes, the establishing of the characters. I mean, the, the costumes and makeup and everything are top notch. I mean, the, the, the Cad Bane character looks incredible. Mm. And, uh, there, the whole, all the dialogue in the film is is clearly looped over or re recorded after the fact. Yeah, which um, which is a bit jarring, but you kind of get used to it. Um, but the that's that's probably my only quibble. I think it feels it feels authentic to the Star Wars universe, uh, despite the fact that you know that it, it's literally just shot in in the you know, outside and in, in a, like one interior location, mm. but there's some visual effects and sort of background stuff and everything is well rendered. I think, you know, there's a flo little floating robot uh, around and stuff that looks mm. quite good. The Jawa looks, you know, good. Uh, and the voice, you know, you know, because obviously it's subtitled because it's a Jawa. Um, that's all fantastically done. There's mm -hmm. the, the, um, the stormtroopers, uh, you know, that's a, Quite familiar costumes, pretty pretty easy to get hold of. But the um, but the Cad Bane character himself, this kind of 
gunslinger from the old west sort of yeah. style and they set and they definitely lean into that there's there's like some uh, uh fistful of dollars ish sort of shots in there and stuff uh the it's a small it's a, a small film so it's but only between like again like between like a couple of characters these two characters and mm-hmm. following them on their little journey but you know even though one of them is uh subtitled and the other one's talking english um the banter is kind of working between yeah. the two they're kind of um you've got you've got that kind of uh you know he's like he's like the grump you know and this other one's like the 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 sort of lively kid sort yeah, of character it's, it's, a, it's a classic so antagonistic it culture. is yeah it's 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 well played um the film uh, i didn't mind the pacing i thought you know we get a, a big uh gunfight scene you know or shootout scene i should say with um with the stormtroopers and then another climax uh, scene for a climax uh, so it fills its 18 minutes really well the open what i liked was it when it started i thought oh we're just going to get these characters in this room and then mm. it's like well no that's just the first few few minutes mm. and then we're out in the world and it's not just you get to one location and, and you know the camera sort of living it. there's lots of shots lots of setups you know there, there's there, you you get you're getting montages of the characters you know during their journey going to different places and stuff so as you say the world building that really works i thought so yeah yeah and what the thing is about it is that it was and you read this in the credits and then the description it was a family project so that and you watch the credits it's all like members of the same family so i think it's like uh the the director is also the guy playing cad bane mm-hmm. uh he's the uh father and uh, the 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 jower i think is played by his daughter i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure uh and his, i think his wife was the dp and stuff and it says they you know they didn't have they didn't really have any resources although they had some fantastic resources for the costume and everything obviously mm. and and the makeup but uh yeah they they seem to i'd love to see a making of uh they seem to have pulled off something really impressive with very limited resources uh you know just um calling in favors and, and and things like that so and this you know we've seen quite a few star wars fan films like the scorekeeper one which was a rift on riff on predator, predator I am. uh the forsaken forsaken mandalorian mm-hmm. and the drunken jedi master one um this one i think is one of the ones i've liked the most recently uh again i think it's that it feels authentic and maybe it's that character you know, and and he certainly so he centers like it. Yeah, he, he he gives it the, the, the right level of um, sort of realism, as it were. I think. Yeah, I'd definitely um, love to see if him reprise. You know, see the, mm. this team. You know, reprise that character and do something else with yeah. him. Send him on another adventure. Yeah, absolutely. It is a nice sort of well-contained story. You know, um, it, it it works really well. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very good. Um, fan films so we don't score them um, but we do recommend them Um, that's that's why it's on here (laughs) Um, and you will find a link to this in the footnotes below our DTV throwback this week then is Wounded Julie and Don are two forest rangers who uncover a horrific series of bear killings when they team up with some FBI agents to capture the poacher responsible, tragedy strikes, leaving Julie with severe injuries. 
On her road to recovery, she finds herself being used as bait by the feds to lure out the poacher out of the forest and into the urban jungle. Um, okay, starring Madchen Amek as Julie, and we have Adrian Pastar as the poacher. Um, Adrian, of course, you know, we, we know him from various films. Um, the one, that, the, the thing I always remember him mostly from is um, the series Profit. Ah, so you say that's the one I remember. That was quite, that, <laughs> that I think it only lasted really like good. one series, but it was a really good one. It was a really good one, yeah. It was a shame that that died. Um, I think it was the writer's strike or something that happened that killed it off, but anyway. Um, but this is, it's, you know, as I've said before, I, I consider myself to be a bit of a, um, bit of a movie buff um seen thousands and thousands of films over the years and yet there you know you you constantly surprise me rich with these films um which just snuck out under my radar completely i i really enjoyed this this is um it is a good find you know i think the best find we've had is something like firestorm you know for the throwbacks but um you know th this is close the the opening section is is really really well done um and, and you know the, the closing bit the, the bits that are done in the forest i think are superb where the, where the film sort of lags a bit is when the action um or lack of it sort of moves to the city when, when she's sort of going through this kind of very realistic sort of um recovery period mm. uh, not just from her injuries but sort of psychologically as well and you know, from a filmic point of view, it does sort of slow things down a bit, but it does at least introduce the wonderful Graham Greene, um, an actor I, I always sit up a bit straighter when, it, when he's, um, you know, when he, when he comes into a story. Um, my favourite film of his is um, Thunderheart with uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, really, really like that one. I thought he had a really good character in that. And it is, you know, it's similar kind of character that he plays in this Um so, so that was really good. It's it's really weird that this film is directed by the same person who did Battlefield Earth. Because <laughs> I was all watching it thinking, oh, this this guy's really good. I wonder, you know, whatever happened to him? Oh, Battlefield Earth. What did he do on What did he do he on Battlefield Earth? No, he didn't direct. He wouldn't have directed it because that was um, somebody else. Uh, I know. I know. I think it was Christian Deguire directed Battlefield Earth, but he might have been there. Um, I know that he did. He. I can tell you, he did he did what just oh, before this? He did White Tiger with um, Gary Daniels. He directed that. Oh, awesome! Yeah, he, he was second unit director on Battlefield Earth. Okay, yeah, and he's done. I think he's done quite a lot of television mm. and stuff. Yes, he has. Uh, yeah, lots of different series over the years. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was really smart. Um, yeah, that whole sequence at the beginning when you know, especially Adrian Pastor's character, the way he moves in the forest. Mm. You know, he, he really feels. You, you really feel that he's, you know, he, he does this for a living kind of thing. He lives, he lives the forest, as it were. Um, yeah, but that was all really, really well done. Um, had, had you come across this one before, Rich? This is a weird one because I, 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 I know it. I, I feel it was familiar, hmm. but I didn't really know it, and therefore I was like, did I rent it when it came out? I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm watching it and. It feels fresh, but at the same time, it feels like I might have seen it before. So it's just, I'm, I'm really not, I'm really not sure. But um, I'm, I was definitely aware of, you know, sort of, I had a passing mm. knowledge of of the film, um, but you know, I'd never 
but I haven't come across it in donkey's ears, you know. So, um, the uh, the what I like, what I was a bit thrown by was the posters got that, or at least the particular artwork that is being used these days, um, is very much uh, Machinamics uh, got the uh, camo, you mm-hmm. know, makeup on. She's in the woods and stuff, and it's, it says it's about hunting and whatever. So I sort of had the feeling that the whole film was going to be in that kind of setting, like surviving the game or something. Yeah. yeah. But as you say, it starts in that the first act is in is is out in the wilderness, and the last act is, but the the whole middle section, probably about forty five minutes or something, mm. is um, is in the city, and it's much more of a uh, slow burn cat and mouse kind of thing happening yeah. there with with some other bits and pieces happening with um, Adrian Pastar's character meeting up with his buyers and stuff mm. like that and some intrigues. Um, but yeah, it's a predator prey kind of story. The uh, I like the production values and everything because it feels like a big movie. Although it's made, it was a lower budget movie, you know, made by Keystone, who did quite a lot of stuff that came out via distributors like High Flyers. Yeah, it helps having all that um, that helicopter footage at the beginning, you know, sort of swooping over yeah. the mountains and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, say the casting, the look of the film. Obviously, the films look differently now. So when you watch something from back then it somehow feels like a bigger, more theatrical movie because of the, mm. the filmic look, which is missing from a lot of films these, that, you know, the, because of the whole, the way photo- photography has changed, cinematography has changed. The, um, I like all the opening. Uh, I thought when the action kicked in, this was kind of a pre-Michael Bay over-editing kind of thing going mm. on because it was like, it was far too quick in places. But very good, uh, uh, you know. Adrian Pastel is pretty perfect playing that character, the, the costume and makeup thing, and um, Machinamics really good. This is essentially a revenge story. Uh, I'd probably liken it to something like like the Brave One with Jodie Foster. Um, in she's kind of, she's very strong. Uh, you know, she's she is a, a game warden. Uh, uh, you know, experienced in the wilderness or whatever, but. By the time we got to the end, I was thinking, would she really be able to hold her own, go toe to toe, you know, tracking and, you know, get and um, taking on this, you know, extremely experienced, dangerous hunter? It just, so, I mean, how did, she, how did she track him so well, you know, in, in that vast wilderness? I don't, I don't know if I missed something well, where he left some crumbs I, I think, or something for her to pick well, up. Well, that's, that's why he, that's why she sets the, um, the ranger station on fire. Mm-hmm. To, to, to bring him to her sort of thing, you know, because mm-hmm. she knows that he, he'd be too intrigued. And of course, he ends up with the, you know, he, he, she leaves um, the walkie-talkie for him to find. Mm. So, you know. She, she but still, of, it's, you know, in, in the vastness of the world, you know, that, that's still, even in, a, even in a fairly small space, mm. that it would be quite hard to find certain things or whatever. So I don't know if, if I, did I miss something about how they got drawn to that particular area? Was that... Mm. Was that the area that the initial part, uh, you know, the initial killings happened in? And perhaps that's why they sort of went back to that same ground. So she had something. Anyway, I'm not sure. Um, Her makeup, you know, when she puts the camo on, it looks fantastic. It looks very cool. (laughs) It does look like they've both had their makeup done by the same people. Mm -hmm. So it's like hers is like pretty similar. I mean, there are differences, but it does look Mm -hmm. very professionally applied. Yeah. Um, But it looks cool. Um, I thought it was funny they do a, 
it kind of can't t- for for at least a couple of minutes it turns into commando they do the she's putting her gear on and you know putting the knives in and stuff yeah. and there's a whole bit where she walks away from a from the fire and as you say they, she sets that fire they, they did manage to sort of um avoid any predator um sort of you know nods i think for, for the most part there, there are a couple of musical cues it does uh, feel a bit predatorish yeah definitely at times, times. But, yeah but I, I was kind of looking out for it but i think otherwise i think they sort of managed to sort of avoid it too much you know to sort of it so it, it didn't lean too heavily into that sort of uh, pastiche no definitely not no and i thought you know th- there was quite a lot of as you say we had um surviving the game and uh mm. i can't remember there's a couple of others but well, you know, like deadly pursuit, play- you know yeah all, all have played in that kind of territory actually yeah. this is probably into the grizzly mm, maze was probably yeah into the grizzly maze was one that came to mind recently but i think something like Deadly Pursuit or Shoots Killers, I think it was known originally. The um, it that is kind of, if if pump, if somebody liked that movie, I think they would like this one. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's definitely in that sort of similar vein. We've also got people like um, Robert Costanzo in there. Graham getting to Graham Greene's character actually, he was he was good because um, it's set up in that typical you know rogue cop sort of teams mm-hmm. up with the the victim kind of thing. And he's he's kind of he's a tip, he's a cop on the edge character, but he's a bit different. He's kind of like, well, I don't really fire my gun anymore because you know I liked it too much. And then there's yeah. like a bit, there's like a bit later in the film where he's like, he's he's really excited about all the gunfire. <laughs> it's like, well, it's funny when he opens his gun his gun closet, you know, which is like hidden behind the bookcase. You know, that that was a pretty little moment as well. Yeah, I was thinking it it remind it made me think of like this could have been it's kind of like a Steven Seagal role but played mm. by Graham Greene because it's a whole on deadly groundish kind of um you know yeah going to this massive <laughs> collection of guns that he's got hidden away and then going into the woods it's, which again sort of fits into this um rural you know rural I don't know if rural is like white word but you know sort of wilderness action movie kind of thing that, that was again very prevalent in the, in the hard target and you know all sorts um happening in in the 1990s um this one's from 1996 major Namek w- was probably best known from tw- uh, things like twin peaks yeah she'd done a couple of other uh, movies like dream lover with james spader but the, um, more recently she's on uh, one of your favorite shows riverdale yeah. she's in riverdale yep yeah very good in that as well uh-huh <laughs> and Adrian Pazdar, you know, he yeah. went on to do a lot of other television, including uh, Heroes. Mm-hmm. And That's right, yeah. I don't know what Gra- Graham Greene's been up to in the, in recent years. Uh, he's Because obviously most people would know him if they recognised him uh, from mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves. But he did yeah. loads of other... That was his breakout role. But... Yeah, that was his breakout role. But he's done... Uh, more recently, he was on the TV series American Gods and goliath all right oh that's right he did uh sh- he did the film shadow wolves with um paul walker's brother i've been all meaning right. to check that out uh i think it's paul walker's brother antlers uh, apparently antlers is really good oh is he in that yeah apparently he's in that. oh that's um yeah that's turned up on uh sky i think so i might right. might give that a check out so mm-hmm. yeah so uh certain uh, that's uh one i think we both would recommend absolutely yeah um yeah it's um available on what was it rock you the Roku channel have it available yeah. for free but it is available to rent 
from yeah, other you can rent it through providers. Amazon, for example. That's, that's where I caught it. Um, but definitely worth checking out. Uh, if, if you like films like, you know, uh, Shoot to Kill slash um, Deadly Pursuit and in, Into the Grizzly Maze, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I must admit, I, I do have a soft spot for any sort of, uh, you know, action or even horror movies that are set out in the wilderness. Uh, I think it does really sort of lend some great atmosphere. Um, yeah, so both me and Rich recommend you check this one out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thank you for listening. Thanks to Rich for joining us with these um, rather sort of disparate um, British thrillers that we looked at, the, the Bazonians and Bluff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was an enjoyable uh, uh, contrast, I would say, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, definitely a contrast of um, what, what's happening, sort of a, a, a little, little uh, taster of the current state of the British uh, film industry yeah, and particularly exactly. the crime genre. Absolutely. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest and also the Short Shots uh, also has its own Twitter page uh, where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.